0: Hey Keith, here. Welcome to Rebel Civics, the Rebel Civics show on the Unsafe Space Network. It's an education and discussion show on the principles of government, society, and individual rights. Today, we're going to talk about money, fiat currency, and real money. Uh, the gold, the uh, Federal Reserve. We're going to talk about gold back, the alternate currency, gold back. Uh, the value of the dollar versus gold over time. Uh, we have a guest today. Benjamin Schaefer, uh, he's a legal counsel and merchant services with Goldback. He's also a practicing attorney, deeply interested in the Constitution and Constitution law. Uh, We met at the Free State Project Pork Fest, where he had a booth, and uh, I bought a bunch of Goldbacks. I spent about $100 worth there and other places in New Hampshire. I went and bought another $100 more, so now I'm trying to use them in Florida. So, Benjamin, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Sure, sure. And, and you also mentioned you used to teach high school back in the day.
1: I did. And you know, I tell you what, it's, uh, that was a tougher environment. than uh, you got to really hand it to high school teachers, especially if they're trying to fight to teach kids a real good civics curriculum. It's not, it's not really supported. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough environment. So yeah, I thought, you know what will be a lot easier than teaching high school? Being an attorney. So I went to law school, because I figured that was easier than teaching (laughs) high school. (laughs) At
0: at least in most schools. I mean, I tried to teach the Constitution in the county schools in in my Florida county, and uh, Mm -hmm. it took them about two months, and they eventually rejected me. They said that um, I didn't have a law degree, so I'm not qualified to teach a one-hour overview of the Constitution at the high school level. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> and yet, every high school Damn, graduate uh, yeah. should be qualified to teach a one-hour uh, constitutional uh, thing, right? If we were It'd teaching our kids properly, every high school student should know yeah. at least one hour's worth of good presentations yeah. about the Constitution.
0: So I ended up, I ended up teaching it in a homeschool collaborative a couple years. Um, so I've been doing that on Constitution Day in a local homeschool collaborative. But no, they won't let me in the in the school. And they do have a class on Constitution Day. So I asked, can I come in and watch what my tax dollars are telling the kids about the Constitution? Like, no. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to hear what they're telling the students. Anyway, I, I digress. So. <laughs> um, but that's interesting school. It, it might You're be all into a bunch a of rebels. I, I, would, I would say that If you wanted to actually teach real civics at the high school level in a government school, it's probably easier to be an attorney, go to law school, because I think the government (laughs) schools will let you do it. Um, And it's actually the purpose of Rebel Civics. (laughs) When I first proposed this idea to Unsafe Space, this is what Rebel Civics is. If I was allowed to, I'd probably be just teaching this in high school. I wouldn't have thought of doing this. but There you go. Well, hey, now (laughs)
1: you're going to reach people all across the country. And get yeah. them excited about uh, freedom and constitutional law principles. So, sure. and and real money. So I call this show "Real Money" like because I think
0: gold is is actually money compared to the dollar. So, right. first off, let's start. Tell me, wh- tell us all, like, what's a gold back for somebody that's never heard of it?
1: Okay, so a gold back is a type of gold money. Um, when when we say money, well, or or even currency, we usually mean. This stuff, right? We we think, okay, this piece of paper is money, but it turns out this piece of paper is basically just a receipt. Um, and unfortunately, this receipt expired in 1971, and so you can never redeem this receipt anymore. You used to be able to take a twenty-dollar um, gold note and exchange it for a twenty-dollar gold piece, and the piece the paper money was just a receipt a receipt for gold that was held by the bank somewhere else because you know carrying around a bunch of gold is risky and, and expensive. So you could think of paper money as more or less like a check. Um, but real money, of course, is something of real value, something that can be exchanged um, and, and has some kind of worth. Uh, it's not just a conceptual thing, it, it's something in your hand. And so what's the gold back? The gold back is a new technology in money that brings back some of the oldest concepts in money, but also does fixes some problems in new ways that that the ancients couldn't in their gold and silver and bronze and copper systems, right? Um, what we've done is we've created a single metal system that, in other words, is just gold. Um, there's no silver component or bronze component, um, and it and created fungibility. And that means interchangeability within that system. So this is what they look like. They're very shiny. <laughs> they're gold. Yeah. yeah. So that's the five or six different denominations, right? That's right. So okay. we've got five different denominations here. and That's the uh, Wyoming series. I'm actually in Wyoming right now, getting ready for the Wyoming launch September 19th. That's the big news. September 19th is when you can get Wyoming gold backs. Uh, so that's the launch date um, in Wyoming. And I'm trying to do some prep work. So I'm here at little America and, um, going around the state and getting people in Wyoming excited about and prepared for um, that launch. So that a, and another and state will have its own free market currency. I
0: um, want to mention that. So mine are, mine are New Hampshire goldbacks. I got these. So it's by state too. You have different.
1: Right. It's it, each state um, by doing it under state laws were protected a bit. Um, it's, it's a legal strategy more or less. They're all fully interchangeable. You know, if I was in Florida uh, I could, I could trade New Hampshire goldbacks, Utah goldbacks, Nevada goldbacks, or Wyoming goldbacks. it all be the same. Uh, not, those are the four states we're operating in right now. But each individual goldback is basically just a very thin coin, right? Now, it's so thin, it's like, it's a little bit more reminiscent of paper money, right? Because both of these can fit in my wallet. I can just stick it right in my wallet, and it'll lay flat. And then I can just run around with this and pull them out and use it just like you would any other cash. You pull out your gold backs and you can pay right at the cash register at hundreds of businesses with this. The difference is instead of just being paper, these are a gold coin. They're just very, very thin. That makes it possible for us to have a very tiny amount of gold. We're actually really proud of that. I know sometimes people will say, why do I want a gold back? It's such a tiny amount of gold. Um, Well, that's, that's what's so great about it. One gold back right now is worth a little less than $4. Um, you can buy something for $4 and you can make change for things um, when something's only in $4 increments, whereas you can't really do that with a gold coin. Right now, the U.S. Um, does mint one ounce gold coins, half ounce and tenth ounce gold coins, but even the smallest minted gold coin, the tenth, one tenth of an ounce gold coin, usually sells for about $300, and if you can't make change for anything under $300, you're going to have a really hard time actually using that as money. Um, and so that brings up um, the interesting point. Before I can really explain to you what a gold back is and why it's so powerful, I almost have to explain to you what, what money is. What is money in the first place, right? Um, we think about paper dollars. We think about these fiat currencies when we think about money, and yet that's not really what money is. Money has a um, Historically um, and, and legally, there's a definition of money is a thing which has certain attributes. And those attributes are fungibility. That means you can interchange them um, by denomination like we can do here. Um, uh, ten goldbacks is worth ten of the ones. And so if I owe you ten goldbacks, I can give you two fives, one ten or ten ones. Doesn't make any difference. Um, because they're all fully interchangeable. So fungibility is one of the attributes of money. Another one of the attributes of money is it has to be durable. So um, let's say we were using apples as money or loaves of bread as money. It wouldn't be very durable because they're perishable. They don't last. Um, Well, goldbacks are durable. In fact, they're so durable that uh, I've been – people have been asking me, how strong are they? And I've been been challenging people and telling them if they can rip – this gold back, I will give them a free gold back. Um, and they have tried their darndest to rip them, and they cannot do it. I have never met anybody who can rip it with their bare hands. Now, it did leave. Nope, you, you, you still have it.
0: <laughs> That's right. I still have it. You try all, all you want. It. You're not going to be able to do it. I just tried. I put a little kink in it. That's right. I've got a little kink in this one. Because it's, it's a mylar it. or something. It's a plastic, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's part, actually a strong form they're very of polyester strong. for those interested. And um, what it does is that contains the gold on the inside. So let's say you give it a good crease. You know, you're going to have a crease in your gold back, just like you would in a paper dollar. Um, and then it might not lay totally flat on the table, but it's very resilient. You can unbend it generally and make it flat again. All right there we go. I flattened it out again. Um, but the main point is, is that the gold is still inside this protective covering. Uh, so it doesn't matter how worn out it gets, how much you crinkle it up, how much you try to rip it. The gold is still inside. It's still a gold back. The only way you can really destroy its value is, you know, cutting a piece off with scissors or something like that. Then it's not a whole gold back anymore. We don't know how much it is. And then it wouldn't have its full value, but they're very, very durable. They're non-perishable. Um, so that's an important attribute of money. Um, and another important attribute of money that um the dollar doesn't really do very well is money is supposed to be a store of value and a measure of value. Well, a gold back is a good store of value and a good measure of value because it's an exact weight and purity of gold. And that has over thousands of years proven to be relatively stable in its value, in its actual trade value. Um Whereas the dollar doesn't do either of those functions very well. Now, when I say $100, $1,000, you and every listener has an idea in their head of what that means, what that's worth. A million dollars, right? You, you, You have that mental picture. Here's the problem. That mental picture is almost certainly wrong because the dollar has not maintained a stable value over time. Inflation means, uh, and it's partly uh, its nature is a fiat currency, uh, which basically means it's, it's created by the command of, the, of a ruler or a decision from a body. In this case, the Federal Reserve Board helps set interest rates um, and does monetary supply. Um, the government and the Federal Reserve change the monetary supply and that changes the value of, of the dollars. So when I said a million dollars or a thousand dollars, you might think, you know what that's worth, but you're probably wrong because it's probably worth less than you thought it was. Um, there's a, uh, for example, there was a house. Um, it's really close to the office where I work. I was thinking about, Hey, you know, it'd be really convenient. I could live closer to work. My kids could walk to school from here. I thought it was a beautiful yard, but the house was really trashed, you know? And I thought, let's find out, um, what that costs. So I called up the realtor and, um, I've started asking people, what do you think that house is listed for? And I've, and the answers I've gotten have ranged from like 200,000 to 400,000 is what people have said. They thought it was worth. Um, when I asked them, but I want to ask the realtor it's listed for 1.2 million. So chances are that you might be off by an order of magnitude, maybe three or four times off when you think you know what a dollar is worth. Um, and it depends
0: on when you ask the question. It depends on when you Over ask the time.
1: Right. And that's if you why, ask
0: next year, it'll be worth a lot less.
1: Yeah. When I say a million dollars to someone in their 60s, they picture opulence and great wealth. When I say a million dollars to um, a millennial or Gen Z, they picture, oh, my goodness, maybe you could put a down payment on a house. Or, oh, my goodness, you might be able to survive and, like, have a yard or something. You know what I mean? They're not thinking gilded halls. Right. Um, why? Because the dollar hasn't been a stable measure of value or a stable store of value. Um, and those are things that make money money. Um, and so what we've tried to do with the gold back is some things that have never really fully been done before in monetary technology. Um, most gold, silver, and other precious metals, um, currency systems in the past, have been fraught with certain problems. Um, I, there's a lot of people who love the Constitution who say, we should get back to the gold standard, right? We should have real money. But the problem is is even our old gold standard wasn't really as effective as we, we want to imagine, as we want it to be. Um, that old gold standard was fraught with um, one problem that almost destroyed our currency at one point, which is, how much gold versus how much silver? If, you're gonna, if, if I'm going to give you one of these gold pieces and I need change in silver pieces, what's the ratio between gold and silver? That gets what's called force pegged by the government. The government says this is the rule. This is the way it is. It doesn't matter if demand changes between these two metals. We're going to pretend that it's stable between these two metals, and this is going to be the ratio. Well, the problem is um, we set a different ratio in the new world than they did in the old world. And so there were a bunch of merchants at one point, who were trading gold for silver on one side of the Atlantic, and then silver for gold on the other side of the Atlantic, and doing it again and again and again, to make money on simply exchanging gold for silver. Um, that and almost, the only way
0: that works is because the government is defining the exchange. Is the defining right? the It's the not letting the market account. define it.
1: Right, so we because we didn't want that. People ask us all the turning- time, what about a silverback, right? And a silverback would be a powerful thing and um, you're gonna have to look for future announcements on the possibilities there because a silverback would be the world's first untarnishable silver. Um, but the goldback is a standalone monetary system. So it doesn't matter what ratios happen with the other currencies, this is a one metal system. So that solves that. Uh, another thing is, is, um, Going back to those gold coins, a one ounce gold coin costs less than 10 tenth ounce coins. You'd think that would be interchangeable, right? You'd think that 10 tenth ounces and one one ounce should be the exact same value because it's the same amount of gold, but it's not. The premiums are vastly different. Um, We've eliminated that as well. The 50 gold back costs exactly 50 times as much as the one gold back and contains exactly 50 times as much gold. So it has that fungibility, that interchangeability. Um, so that's another problem we solved. Another problem was the small coin problem. If you were to take one gold back, this amount of gold, and put it into a regular coin form, you know, it'd have to be thick, uh, thicker than this, right? How big a round would it be once you thickened it up? Well, it'd be tiny. Um, one gold back in the form of a regular round, thicker coin would be I mean it's like a grain of sand it's like a it's like a single grain of wheat something like that it's very small um, you'd lose that if you had a pocket full of grains of sand and each one was worth four or five dollars can you imagine how frustrating that would be if you've ever emptied your um, pockets from sand after being at the beach and you think about oh no catch every single one of those don't lose any it, it would be it would be untenable So what we've created is a technology that is uncounterfeitable gold, and it's easy to handle, it's easy to count um, in a way that gold has never been able to do before in a small form. You know, um, the closest that anybody's ever come, is there's these teeny tiny coins in India, people still would lose them all the time, but there's these teeny tiny coins uh, from India uh, where they tried to make Gold coins small enough, you could make a regular transaction. You could buy groceries or something with it, right? And that little tiny coin um, that people lose all the time uh, is actually still about 15, 20 times as much gold as one gold back. Um, So I was just saying it's uncounterfeitable. That's one of the other things that's powerful. One of the biggest problems we actually have in the gold and silver market right now is counterfeits. Um, People bring in gold and silver coins to us fairly often and... Um, it's surprising how often we find a counterfeit amongst the real, the real ones. Coins Um, are much easier to counterfeit. They're very easy to counterfeit. counterfeit People think, well, how do you counterfeit a coin? Well, all you need is a pretty convincing die. You hammer it in and what do you do? Mm. You, you coat it in the metal that it's supposed to be, but the inside is some other base metal. Um, if you want to be really advanced about it, you, um, uh, what people have done is it's not a lot of base. It's a lot of precious metal just not as the full amount of precious metal and then some other base metals. Um, one of the most upsetting things is in gold bars, big gold bullying, like the big gold bars. Um, we cannot guarantee any gold or silver bar that comes in unless we can cut it in half or melt it down and recast it because of how often somebody puts something else inside. And yeah, there's a good thick layer of gold or silver on the outside of it. So you think you're fine, but inside there's a tungsten bar or something like that. And the only way to discover that is to melt it down. Um, If you use the spectrometers and the x-rays and a bunch of these other things, they can generally just tell you it looks like the whole exterior of this thing is clearly gold or silver. So it looks pretty good, but it's really, really hard to detect. Um, With the gold back, you don't have any of those problems. Not only can they not hide any other base metal in here, it's too thin. Um, They're... uh, they're, they've got this, uh, this image, this reverse image on the back, you can see is, is brought about um, by vacuum deposition. So um, when we mint these, um, they're minted not with the traditional process of stamping or printing something. It's basically like a 3D printer. You could think of it like 3D printing with a laser, where the laser is the nozzle and the filament is pure gold. Um, and Do you then still what we, call, it, call it
0: a minting? Somebody just posted yeah, it in just, the chat, like it's still called a mint?
1: It's still called a mint. It's still called a mint. Okay. Uh, technically, to mint coin is to issue it, um, uh, but it's, it's not – all those other processes that people are familiar with are subtractive processes, right? When you stamp a coin, you're subtracting gold until you get the right amount. This is an additive process. Um, and that's what makes it possible for us to be so exact to make such tiny pieces of gold, that one gold back is only one one-thousandth of a troy ounce, right? One one-thousandth mm-hmm. of a troy ounce of pure gold. Um, and that one one-thousandth of an ounce, um, like I said, it's like a grain. Um, it's such a small amount. Um, but, yeah, what we're doing is, is basically we're building it up. We we start with a clear polymer cover that we print all of the art and designs on, um, and th- which of course contain all of the anti-counterfeiting measures and 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 things like that that any paper currency would already have anyway, right? It's uh, some of some of these security features are designed by the same people who did the security features for the hundred dollar bill, so that's almost impossible to counterfeit on its own. But it's just a clear piece of polymer that you can see right through with just a little bit of printing on it, then that goes into a machine. Actually, I think it goes in this way. And then we start printing on it with this laser. It creates kind of a spray. It's not one atom at a time, uh, because we use more than one laser. (laughs) But um, we're basically printing it one atom at a time uh, per laser. There's a stream of gold atoms that then get bombarded onto this surface. And as they get bombarded onto the surface, they build up. And so if you can look at a gold back under a microscope and sometimes you can do this even just with a, uh, a magnifying glass app on your phone, if you've got the right lens, if it's one of the newer smartphones, you zoom in on the back of a gold back sometime and you will see that it's built up into these shapes, including the anti-counterfeiting measures embedded in the gold itself at an atomic level. Um, nobody else has the technology to do that. That is a proprietary and patented technology. Um, there's even a patent number on all of the 2022 goldbacks. Um, nobody else can do that. Nobody else can do that process. And so we believe that it, it really is the most secure form of money in the world today. It's a lot easier to counterfeit us currency than it is to counterfeit a goldback. Um, so and how,
0: um you, you touched on fiat. I just want to like bring that up again. Like what exactly yeah. is fiat? Like the US dollar is just
1: a promise, right? Broken promise Well, actually. it used to be a promise for precious metals. When now a it's a promise study. for nothing in particular. So it used to be that your your um, your dollar bill would say silver certificate at the top, and at the bottom it would say one dollar payable to the bearer on demand. In other words, the dollar bill wasn't the dollar. It was just a receipt for the dollar. The dollar was made out of silver. Um, the same thing with it, it the was old gold f- certificates which it, they would it, call it was
0: a note that represented that you had access to silver and the same with the gold right. you could they said gold reserve note
1: you could exchange it for gold on demand. Mm-hmm. But in 1971, Richard Nixon Um, said that they were temporarily suspending the convertibility of the dollar for gold and silver. Um, Well, only for silver at the time. And, you know, there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. Have you ever noticed that? Um, (laughs) But that temporary suspension uh, continues um, obviously to today uh, and they can never bring it back. It's impossible. And so at that point in 1971, Uh, they started printing them. Instead of saying silver certificate or gold certificate, it would just say Federal Reserve Note. And so it's sort of like – I like to compare it to a coupon. Um, The Federal Reserve Note is still a coupon, just like the old silver certificate was a coupon. But the silver certificate was a coupon that you could redeem and get real money for. And the current current, uh, Federal Reserve Note is a coupon – but it's a coupon you can never actually redeem. It's a coupon that expired in
0: 1971. It's it's just a – it's a promise. It's a promise from government. Everybody knows what
1: that's worth. Well, right, but it's a promise for what? Um, actually, if you go to um, – one of my favorite things to recommend is Mike Maloney's uh, The Hidden Secrets of Money. It's a promise for what exactly? It's not exactly – so what it is is it's a debt instrument. If you want to get, really get down to the brass tacks on what it means mm-hmm. is that it's saying – that the government has created a debt and that if you have enough of these certificates, your portion of the debt, you can escape from that portion of the debt. But this is one of the reasons why things like the national de- deficit can never be paid off. It's one of the reasons why they're really, really nervous about either forgiving student loans or reinstating student loans, which have been suspended temporarily again um, since, um, since COVID. Um, they're really, really nervous about bringing that back. Um, in either way, either solution, because they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't uh, when it comes to the monetary supply. Why? Because every time you pay back to the Federal Reserve some of the portion of that money, you actually destroy liquidity. The money that we're exchanging are debt instruments, meaning that if you ever pay off that debt, the money ceases to exist. The money only exists as a debt of um, to government. Um, and so... So here's here's a good example for you. So you're saying
0: they can't they can't pay off the debt. They can't. Like I understand that they won't. I understand that they won't. The
1: there would be no such thing as the dollar if they were to ever pay it off. Um, so it's not example. even
0: a promise. It's not, it's even, no, it's a not promise. even a
1: promise. It's a debt. Um, the um, a great example of this was um, the 2008 uh, crisis. Um, I think it was still Bush at the time was saying um, in 2007, we need to buy up these mortgage-backed securities. Well, a lot of people who love um, freedom or want to have reasonable government, they'd say, well, wait a second. Why, why would we give a bunch of money to Wall Street to pay off, um, to, to buy up mortgage, mortgage-backed securities? Why not literally take less money? It would cost the government less to just pay off those mortgages. But the government was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Why? Why wouldn't they just pay off the mortgages and let everyone own their own house? You'd think that'd be cheaper. Believe me, it'd be a lot more popular with most Americans, right? Hey, my, my mortgage is gone. That'd be great. Here's the reason. But the, that's the reason why they could not do that. It wasn't, it wasn't just that they didn't want to. It was that they literally could not do that without revolutionizing the entire monetary system. Because that, those, mor- those mortgages, that debt is the dollar, If they were to have paid off all the mortgages, they would have destroyed the liquidity of the dollar to such an extent it couldn't function as a currency. Because that's what the currency is. We're trading pieces of our future when we're trading dollars. So So, it's it's all about whether or not we continue to service that debt. And if that debt ever ceased to exist and the servicing on that debt ever ceased to exist, the dollar itself would cease to exist and it would just be paper again.
0: So the, the debt will continue to grow and it, will. it, has, it to. has to continue to mm-hmm. grow it has until, to. until the system collapses, right? At exactly. some point it collapses, that the interest payment on the debt
1: will cause it to collapse. And, and that's really the problem with all fiat currencies is that eventually they reach a point where creating debt isn't enough to solve the debt problem. You can't just always pay debts with new debts, right? Um, I mean, because you think you can. At first, it doesn't seem that unreasonable. I'm just going to pay this $5,000 credit card off with this new 5000 credit limit uh, card. And I'll just keep passing it down the road. And that's what the Federal Reserve is doing. They're just passing it on. The problem is every time you do that, you still have to continue to pay the interest. And you still have to continue to pay inflation. Eventually, that interest and that inflation, the service on that debt, catches up with your ability to refinance it. With raising that debt ceiling, for example. And... Eventually, you can no longer service it. At that point, you have runaway inflation, and you end up like the Weimar Republic with their millions of Deutschmark notes, or you end up with wheelbarrow those-
0: loads to buy a loaf of bread. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had, I had a graph. Beverly, if you want to pick up the graph of the US dollar, the, the value, like you, you, you mentioned the Federal Reserve, so they're the, the monopoly on money. That's in. And ever since the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, the value of the dollar has basically crashed.
1: Right. right. And so, and and that's that's what they're doing is they're servicing that debt. Um, and as they pay the the Treasury bonds, as they um, print more money in order to spend more money, every time they do that, um, it increases the amount of dollars in circulation and decreases their value. Um Now, there's a few offsets to this, to be fair to the uh, Keynesian economics people. They say, well, as you increase um, economic output, as you create more goods and services, you actually offset um, to some extent the inflation of the monetary supply. And that's – there's some truth to it, but it's it's never going to be enough. Uh, because the dollar is untethered from those goods and services in any direct way. They're not, it, it, because it's not backed up by anything real, the real value of our economy and the monetary supply of the dollar isn't, it's just not linked enough, I think, for their, their economic system to work. And this is why, uh, the school of Austrian economics is usually preferred by people who love freedom, people who love, uh, you know, free markets, uh, because the, you know, it, that's people
0: who actually understand the, economics, I would call it. Like, yeah. It's people who actually know what economics is. Right, uh, right. And yeah, the charts are so so just tied up.
1: One of those schools is forgetting that that theory has to be linked to reality. And, the, and, and Austrian economics recognizes, no, theory is just a way of trying to describe reality and have to be linked. You can't just have pure theory with no reality and assume it's going to work.
0: So yeah. the chart had up had up for a little while, if you could see that, but it showed the value mm-hmm. of the US dollar. It goes all the way back to sixteen thirty-five, which is interesting that they even count that. But from you know, 1776, 87, mm-hmm. 1787, it bounces around a little, but it's basically stable up until the Federal Reserve is created. It goes up right. down the, some, but the
1: big bump is basically about trade in silver to China. Uh, historically speaking, in the late 1600s and early 1700s, it drove up demand for silver dramatically, and that and the, the dollar was originally a certain number of grains of silver. Um, that's a measurement system. Um, and, and that's the that 1700s. Know,
0: that big the bigger bump. That's that bigger bump times
1: um, is is that, and that was basically the beginning of global trade, and so it it, it created this economic boom. Um, But then after that, you know, these other ups and downs um, are usually uh, it's about wars. You know, Um, suddenly the scarcity created by war. Um, And so people will trade their silver for much less because they just need to eat. They just need to survive the war, that kind of thing. And then it bumps up in times of better trade. Um, But yeah, but then once you get to um, 1970s, It really drops off because that's when silver became completely untethered from money and money could just completely go on its own way. Now um, the monetary supply chart, if you can find it, because the Fed stopped publishing it in 2000 um, or was it? No, it was 2020. They stopped publishing it in 2020. Um, That chart is terrifying because it shows how the supply of the dollar goes up a little bit at a time. And sometimes there's little jumps. But then with the COVID spending, with um, a bunch of those big changes, they created a bunch of new dollars out of nowhere, and the chart just takes off. Um, and so a lot of people are saying, oh, my goodness, that, that, that means we're, we're getting really close to potentially runaway inflation in the dollar. Now, maybe we can put that off again. But the danger is, is that theoretically, at least, all we can do is kick the can down the road or do something different. We cannot... Um, fix the dollar without abolishing the dollar. So and, so this, that,
0: that chart appears to show the dollar is abolishing itself or, or basically is oh. abolishing the dollar. You have to zoom in to see that it's not zero now. It's just asymptotically it's zero. It's just zero.
1: Dramatically lower. It'll never account.
0: actually get to zero, but it's just going to drop and drop and drop.
1: Yeah. Here's a math joke for those who are uh, fairly nerdy about this. An infinite number of mathematicians walk into a bar. And the first one says, I want a pint of beer. And the second one says, I want half a pint of beer. And the third one says, I want a quarter of a pint of beer. And the next one says, I want an eighth of a pint of beer. And the bartender says, stop right there. He pours two pints of beer and says, you have to know your limits. <laughs> um, now, that's a,
0: that's a really nerdy math trick.
1: That's a really <laughs> nerdy math had Calculus. So the idea is the concept of limits is that um, a half of a half of a half, you'll always still have something but eventually it will reach a point where it's insignificant and it will never exceed a certain limit. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically where, where the dollar is headed. We, we might get to the point where a million dollars will only buy you a gallon of milk or $10 million will buy you a gallon of milk or $100 million will buy you a gallon of milk, but it will always still have some value, at least in theory. Now, this one, I want to bring this back to the gold back. What's the difference then? Why... Yeah. Do we care about this? It's because we need – if we really want to have liberty, if we really want to have freedom, we have to have a free market. And if we're going to have a free market, we have to have a market that works where theory and reality are linked, where um, you actually have your rights to property, where you actually have real value exchanged for real value. And the only way that you can do that um, that we're aware of really is to link it to reality. And frankly, as much as I love cryptocurrencies, I own a bunch myself. I believe that um, the technology that they're based on has great power to replace um, all kinds of bureaucratic institutions and bring accountability and transparency to a lot of our our systems. The problem is, is it's still not linked to reality in the same way uh, because it doesn't physically exist. Goldbacks do. And so what it comes down to is is that at Goldback, we believe that we can bring back the gold standard. We can bring back Austrian economics. We can create a free market that cannot be manipulated, that cannot – so that your money can't be confiscated, uh, so that you can truly have freedom in your property. Uh, And it's fairly simple. Three steps. One, you have to understand the problem. We just went over that. If you understand the problem you have to you you understand that reality and theory have to work together. And that that's not happening right now. Not in the dollar, not in most um, anywhere in our system. Um, second, you have to actually get some gold backs. Well, the, I've checked that off list for me and you and you mentioned earlier you've got plenty you got a bunch of gold backs yourself Keith, right? So I, I haven't
0: tried using them in Florida yet. Um oh, I did you don't use do them in New Hampshire. So what what? Um, how are they? They're used in New Hampshire because you have the New Hampshire one, and, sure. and we're. I I used them a lot at Porkfest. Fest. Everybody knew what they were there. Sure. But um, how how is it moving into the states? Like how, how much is it being used?
1: Well, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, is I'm traveling around Wyoming and um, dr- helping to educate people and get them to adopt it across the state of Wyoming, um, and. I would say that probably holding them as a inflation hedge and, and you know, just hoarding them to a certain extent is probably the majority of what's happening with the goldbacks that have been minted so far. Um, but there is definitely a percentage of businesses that are accepting them and people who are spending them. And that's really the third step, right? Understand the problem. Get yourself some alternative currency like the gold back. The third step. The third step is you have to actually spend them. They have to circulate in order to bring back the gold standard. And I intend to use the ones I have. I haven't tried yet in Florida. Yeah.
0: But New Hampshire well, wasn't you, hard. You should go knew for it. They were. Yeah.
1: yeah in yeah, New Hampshire, there's, hundreds, there's uh, over 100 businesses that'll accept them right at the cash register. In Utah, there's like 300 businesses uh, where you can just spend them just like you would any other cash. Go up to the cash register and just go for it. Uh, you know, if you want to bring up the website again, there's actually a little calculator app on there
0: that I recommend oh, that people use. Bring up the goldback.com website?
1: Yep, and then I a calculator you're going to see is right on the top. You can click on calculator, and it'll bring up a calculator, and it'll do that the exchange rate for you so that you don't have to worry about doing the math essentially yourself. Oh, you can see what um, – You know, it's a very simple process. You put in the amount due at the top. Um, it shows you the exchange rate of the day. It tells you how many goldbacks they have to pay to, to cover that amount, um, and then um, how many were actually paid by the customer. You know, maybe they do a split transaction; they only pay you a portion, or maybe they don't have six ones or five and a one. They've got a ten, so they overpay you, and then it'll, sh- it'll show you how to do change as well. Um,
0: they do change change in fiat currency. Correct. Like it, you can do because they don't have if it's smaller
1: change. than one gold back then you can do it in fiat currency
0: at, at pork fest like the smallest thing i bought i bought a glass of wine walking around i was walking around and somebody selling wine mm-hmm. in the evening so you want a glass okay all i have is goldbacks because i take goldbacks so i gave him a one and i only wanted one glass and now this is pork fest mm-hmm. and he said do you want fiat change and i'm like not really so he gave me two nine millimeter shells he said "Do you have a nine millimeter yeah he gave me two shells so okay nice. well that's
1: real money too that's precious metals you know, in many ways, it really is. Um, the biggest problem is is it's not quite as durable because um, it can kind of expire eventually. Um, and it's also not as portable. Portability is one of the other functions of money. Um, uh, carrying around an ammo can is heavier. It's heavier. I mean, if you've yeah. ever had to lug around ammo cans, you'll find out it's a lot heavier than your yes.
0: wallet. It's not useful, <laughs> but as as change. I, I was kind of joking. Oh, yeah. I thought it was funny. I was like, sure, that's that's pretty good. So when you, you touched on the state thing, I'm curious about um, why printing it within a state gets around something at the federal level. Why have you right. a state-specific so, gold bag?
1: The federal government has more or less um, delegated its federal responsibility to coin money to the Federal Reserve. Um, and so the federal government doesn't really want competition. They don't want there to be a new dollar. Um, some people will be familiar with a failed experiment when they tried to create something called the Liberty Dollar, which is essentially an attempt to bring back um, the silver standard privately um, in um, in the dollar. And one of the biggest problems is, is that, well, for one thing, it was a dollar. It wasn't a separate currency system like Bitcoin is or like Goldback is or like, you know, the euro or the peso. They called it the dollar. Um. And, and that's they were to,
0: competition. Government it's hates competition. competition. They were in
1: direct competition. We're not, uh, you know, as much as I recognize that um, some people might think that what I've said about the Federal Reserve isn't particularly complimentary. Um, we're not in direct competition with the Federal Reserve.
0: Th- this is a show where you can just scream out "End the Fed" anytime you want. <laughs>
1: right (laughs) audit audit at least right um (laughs) that's
0: that's the first step i i think most people understand now we should just end it and looking at the chart of what happened to the since the value
1: of the dollar yeah
0: and, and so so when you when you make them state specific you're getting around the monopoly that the that the federal reserve and the federal government has
1: in in many cases in fact um the the gold back um, is, is basically sponsored by the state to a certain extent. Um, for example, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to uh, launch the Wyoming gold back next month on the 19th of September. Um, and one of the reasons why we're pushing it so hard is that Wyoming has very, very friendly laws. Um, I don't remember exactly when it might've been about 18 months ago. Um, Wyoming passed the Wyoming legal tender act, making gold legal tender of the state and untaxable. Um, so that you know the change in value of gold or silver cannot be taxed, and a bunch of different things like that. And that very, very friendly state law means that what we're if what we're doing is under the constitutional authority of a state, and we're circulating it locally as a local currency, um, which is also a recognized thing you can do legally, um, then we're not in competition with the feds. We're doing something under the state's authority under the state's direction to a certain extent, because what we're trying to do is meet the need that that law opens up the gate for, um, then essentially we're protected by the states. Uh, if if the goldback project gets bigger, and, and frankly right now, yeah, it's tens of millions of dollars worth of goldbacks that are out there. I think we're getting close to 10 million goldbacks in circulation. Um, I bet you we've passed it, actually. We, we won't know exactly when we've passed it, but it, we're really close to that. I think we should be celebrating that. 10 million goldbacks. Um, so, you know, maybe a little less than $40 million worth in circulation. That might sound like a lot. It is a lot for local currency project. I think we are the largest local currency project that's ever been attempted. But we're still really small potatoes, frankly, uh, compared to the Federal Reserve System. Mm-hmm. Right. It it has
0: to to grow and it's going to grow organically is the only way this mm -hmm. will grow. They haven't really come after you yet. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I just don't
1: think we're even on the radar yet. We're not we're not threatening their hegemony and we're not counterfeiting or copying their designs. And we're not trying to pass this off as though this is a dollar. This is not a dollar. Every every bill says on it. And this is also for legal reasons, not U.S. dollar legal tender. So it's a specie legal tender instrument. According to the state laws, this is specie legal tender, but it's not U.S. dollar legal tender because this is not a dollar; it's a gold bag.
0: It's not a dollar, but it's gold. It's its its own as
1: separate currency. And and I
0: often uh, I often do a quote from my Constitution on this show. So um, uh, you know it says uh, Article One, Section Ten: No state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debt. So why right. wouldn't it be difficult for the federal government to come after somebody using basically gold and silver coin as a tender in favor mm-hmm. of debt? They that actually—that's the only thing they are allowed to use.
1: Exactly, I would say you're not exactly. allowed to use the paper dollar. Exactly. So states can't issue their own fiat currencies, but states can issue silver and gold legal gold. currencies. So um, the state and government says, could actually easy. adopt. That's the exception.
0: A state government under that. Constitutional provision could adopt the gold back as its official payment of debt within that state. Correct. Federal government couldn't stop that constitutionally. Mm-hmm. They might try anyway. They and would, you know, might send, um, might send bombers to the Capitol.
1: If there's but, any, if there's any state treasurers listening, um, I think that that would be a really fun project. Would be to say, okay, let's make it official. Let's put the state treasurer's signature and the state seal on each bill or something like that. That would be fun. Um, Right now, no state has decided to sponsor it to that extent. Um, uh, But, you know, nothing's impossible. Uh, I think the problem is, of course, we need to have enough of it to really meet the needs of that economy. And right now, all we're really trying to do is build local business networks. You know, frankly, People ask me, what do I do, right? I'm an attorney, but I'm also marketing, but I'm also on podcasts, what's my job? I feel like my job is really to organize communities, to build free markets, to create business networks uh, in a really grassroots way. What we're doing is we are saving small business America, one business at a time by circulating real sound money. That's what we're doing. And so I'm kind of a more of an activist than anything else. Yeah, you're an
0: activist for 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 a sound money system, yeah. And 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 having the gold back be, you said it's a it's a thousandth of a troy ounce, so it's defined in gold. It has nothing to do with the mm-hmm.
1: U.S. dollar standard, right? Um, now the U.S. Mint does mint gold coins. One of the other fun things uh, for those who are a bit wonky about this is that the 2022 has some new language on it. The bottom of each. Um, gold back under the one one thousandth of a troy ounce. It says um, exchangeable by gold back ink in US gold coin to bearer on demand. In other words, this is not only a gold coin, because it's made out of gold, it's also a bearer note. So that is another legal ways that we're protecting this. Is that the US government creates gold coin and this is not only made out of gold, it's also backed up by gold in the vault. So we're doing both at the same time. And that means that um, the U.S. Mint would have to dramatically change its rules. It would mean that the state laws would have to be challenged. It would mean a lot of things would have to change um, in order to make any of this illegal. Mm -hmm. Right now, we've been very, very cautious to try to make sure that everything we're doing at Goldback is fully compliant with the law and isn't a direct competitor with the Federal Reserve System or any of that. Because what we really want to do is we just want to strengthen our local businesses. We don't want to create um, trouble. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, you're not
0: creating trouble by using gold. If you try to fake a dollar, they can't claim you're counterfeiting a dollar. Because it's not a dollar. How would would the federal government go after gold back if they wanted to try to stop it? Say you get as big as Bitcoin Mm -hmm. and now they're going to try to claim it's a commodity. Right. In, now, if you uh, if you go onto our struggling. website,
1: you can read some legal analysis um, about this. What we've tried to do is we tried to go through all of the case law about local currency systems and um, the liberty dollar problems and tried to make sure that we were not only compliant with the law and the rulings, but we wanted to make sure we weren't even violating any of the things that the government even complained about, even the things they didn't win in court. We want to make sure that every argument that had ever been made, we weren't violating them. Hmm. You know, and and that went down even into the design. Yeah. Um, each goldback represents a virtue, so it, it's female artists drawing um, female figures that are symbolic. This is, so it's not dead presidents; they're vertically oriented instead of horizontally oriented. They they cl- they make it clear that they're not a dollar. They don't have any government um, imagery. You know, things like that. We wanted to make it abundantly clear that we weren't going to violate any of those rules yeah. or even requests. Um, now <clears throat> here's one of the it things. Doesn't I doesn't look to
0: mention. anything like a dollar. It's not even the same size. Exactly. It's not even the same size. Now no, that is one of, the,
1: like one of the fun things is about the different sizes, right? The five is bigger than the one 10, 25, 50. Yeah. They, they go up in size. Um, <clears throat> that's handy because it's more gold, but it's also just thicker. It's not just bigger. It's thicker for more gold. Um, but the other thing um, is that they, there's a fun history to that. The one gold back is the same size as some of the uh, Continental dollars that were used at the time, like during the time of the Revolution. Um, money was the size of the one. The five and the ten are then proportionally larger in between. The size of the 25 is the size of the Federal Reserve note to make sure that it will fit in your oh, wallet. that's the same. One of the fun ones is the 50 is the same size as in the 1920s and 30s or so. There was a bill called the gold back colloquially. It was the gold certificate. And the 50 is the size of the old gold certificate. A lot of cashiers' checks are also made this size now. A lot of checks are made this size now. Um, and then the idea was that will fit in any um, executive style or checkbook style right. wallet now. Um, and so – so that's one of the reasons for the sizes. You know, one of the other things I want to mention is that uh gold backs can be exchanged for fresh ones. Let's say you get a really beat up gold back. Um, it starts coming apart or it's just looking terrible. We exchange them for fresh ones. Okay. So we want it to be clear that you're never going to lose your money on a gold back. The gold is safely encased inside. If that ever comes into question, trade it into us before you lose any of the gold if you can, and we will trade you for a brand new one so that you'll always have your gold holdings.
0: So, if somebody asked a question in, in chat. Um, I don't understand the question, uh, but maybe you do. Do you believe the Wizard of Oz being an allegory for money systems and 1890 disputes over monetary policy?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely it was. I don't think that's disputed. That's an interesting point. Most people think of The Wizard of Oz as just this odd little fantasy, and it was mostly famous because it was the first movie to transition from black and white to color, so that everyone in the audience who was used to watching black and white movies was totally at ease with watching Kansas in black and white. It was normal. And then all of a sudden, they go to Oz, and boom, color. And they're like, oh, my goodness. I've never seen anything so vibrant, so beautiful. You know what I mean? And so that became a famous movie. But, yeah, the the book itself – um, is a critique of banks, which are called the wicked witches. Um, the, the banks of the East and the West were the wicked witch of the East and the West. Um, and that they, And the belief was that the ordinary people going to the Oz, the OZ, the ounce, which is the abbreviation for the ounce, if we could go if we could follow the yellow brick road, if we could follow the use of gold as money to its logical conclusion, we would find that there's a wizard, that there's a magic in using the ounce in using precious metals and that, and that, that magic should have the power to defeat the wicked witch of the East and the West, to defeat the major banking cartels, the major banking systems. Um, but that it wasn't just the gold that would save us. It was the common people. It was the regular American people, because after all, what is America? It is we, the people, if they rose up, they could overcome, um, the, 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 the monopoly on money. The, 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 ma- wicked. The, the wicked evil magic of the banks, you know, nice. yeah. that's, I'm going
0: to have to go back and rewatch that now that I know a little bit about Austrian economics and the right. money system.
1: And so, it, so it's, I, little I just Dorothy thought it was a fun Kansas. kids show. It's little Dorothy from Kansas from the heartland of America who ends up defeating the wicked witches because there's no substance to them, they're, they're weak. There's something as simple as a house will crush them, something as simple as splash them with water will make them just melt away because they have no substance. Um, and that once the um, once the American people realize that, they would realize that they always have the power to go home.
0: Okay, so the answer to your question, the, the loquacious, I forgot the name, loquacious something. Uh, the answer to your question is yes. I didn't understand. Yes, I'm aware question, of this I'm glad analysis. to know. I'm glad Benjamin understood the question. <laughs> I had another question for you that um, you you may have already answered it, but um, somebody else asked it way better than me in a discussion where he's trying to understand what gold was. So, Beverly, mm-hmm. if you want to show that video, and we'll ask ask Benjamin the same question if she's if she's ready. <laughs> I might have surprised her because I told her it would be towards the end.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh-oh, Ben Bernanke.
0: <laughs> this cracks me up every time.
1: And to the extent that the last
0: few years have made people more worried about potential of a major crisis, then they have gold as a protection. Do you, th- do you think gold is money? No. It's not money. It's a, Even a, it's if it has been metal. money for 6,000 years, somebody – reverse that and eliminate that economic law well it's it's you know it's an asset i mean it's the same would you say treasury bills are money i don't think they're money (laughs) i i knew about this but i never watched it the the look on his yeah ron paul is awesome so he was chairman of the uh, house financial committee at the time and i watched the whole video this morning so ron the context is ron paul is asking him about They're printing money like crazy. Mm -hmm. And he's pointing out like what you're doing. You're destroying the value of the dollar. Like Ron Paul understands Austrian Mm -hmm. economics. Ben Bernanke is arguing. Can he see it? Right. And Ron's like, don't you know what you're doing? So then he starts asking about gold. Do you care about the price of gold? Bernanke's like, well, like he doesn't really. And they go back and forth for a Mm -hmm. few minutes. And Ron Paul starts getting confused. And then you can see like Ron Paul finally realizes the problem. And he says, do you think gold is money? And Ben Bernanke, like, just goes blank, like, and then he finally just says no. Like, that's what he money to, is to him.
1: Uh, because <laughs> the thing is, is he has to. If he were to say yes, which I think he wanted to originally. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it is. But the moment the Federal Reserve chairman admits that, oh, the game is up. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And so he has to say no. So he pauses for a minute and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're trying to get me. You're trying to trick me here. No. And he says, no. Because obviously (laughs) for thousands of years, gold has been the primary form of money. It always has been. Almost every theorist who's ever written about money meant precious metals throughout all of history. But if you were to say yes, uh, he opens Pandora's box on his whole enterprise, and the whole thing could come crashing down around his ears. Um, Because the moment that your average American, like Dorothy – uh, from the heartland of America realizes that this is just a piece of paper and that there's no real value here. In fact, it's not even as valuable as a blank piece of paper because you can't even take decent notes on this thing. It's already printed on both sides. Okay. <laughs> when you realize that this thing is worth less than a blank piece of paper, the game is up. In- in- intrinsic as an intrinsic value. As an intrinsic so he, value. He, because, he has, to because say this no. has a value. Mm hmm but it only has a value so long as everyone agrees that we're playing this game. This only has a value so long as I can exchange it. And if he says, well, yeah, I guess gold is money. He is simultaneously admitting that the whole enterprise that they're doing is based only on people playing along. You don't want to, he doesn't want to dispel that illusion that most Americans have that this is real value. Um, the and, moment and he's, he says, so Well, he it doesn't have any intrinsic yes. value, then um too many people if too many people know that it just stops working.
0: If if he had answered yes, it's money, then I guess Ron Paul's next statement could have been well, obviously we need to
1: end the Fed. Like exactly. I
0: mean, because that's the <laughs> that next, next line
1: step. Um that's and so he has to say no. <laughs> he has to say and, no. And,
0: and, and one of the things, I mean, I like Ron Paul for lots of reasons. I voted for him both times. He was running for president. Mm-hmm. But th- this whole thing, when he started with this Federal Reserve, I don't think I knew what it was or didn't know much about it 30 right. years ago, whenever he got started on this. Um, mm-hmm. He made this pretty popular. Like You can yell and the Fed in in a in a bar with a bunch of 30-year-olds now, and everybody's like, yeah, and the yeah. F- like, everybody knows what that is. Ron Paul kind of <laughs> did that. He did. Were you at the group were you at the group picture at pork fest? I at actually wasn't. Point? Okay, well I have to tell you what happened. So they do they everybody gets on the hill. There's like mm-hmm. 3000 people liberty minded people mm-hmm. and this whole end the fed chant gets started. Like <laughs> <I'm> totally <laughs> said I look around I'm like there's three thousand people. They know they all know exactly what they that all means. know. In and the they Fed. all just start chanting and they had trouble getting the picture going because everybody's yelling <laughs> in the
1: Fed. <laughs> right. But yeah. You know, 20 this, years this ago that no, never happened. People people um who, who chant that, um, people who, who agree, they get that. The problem is, is how? How do you end the Fed without ending the American economy? We don't wanna we don't want people to stop being productive. We don't want to destroy the Fed. And so at Goldback, we don't really chant in the Fed. We need the Fed. In fact, generally, we exchange goldbacks, real money, for Federal Reserve notes, which is fake money. We do that. We sell goldbacks for dollars all the time. Now, we don't want to stay long in the dollar because we know it's going to lose its value. We know it's not a great measure of value, but we need it. It's a a necessary evil, at least at this point, so that we can transition into something better.
0: There has to be a transition, yes, is all... Right. I mean, I understand transition. I would like to transition to shutting down D.C. entirely and sending everybody home. But I realize as a practical <laughs> right? matter. There has to be a transition there.
1: Right? The, the, so, yeah the, 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 same with the matter, federal how do you create such a civic-minded group of people that they don't need laws, but they will not harm one another? Do you know what well, I
0: mean? Well, at least not D.C. Yeah. I separate mm-hmm. not needing laws from not needing D.C. Oh, okay. Right. Um,
1: right. Um, maybe <laughs> going to individual state sovereignty or something like that.
0: Hashtag, More
1: Flexit. Yes, I... Oh, okay. That was one of the... I did
0: two talks at Porkfest. One of them was Secession 101. It's kind of a yep. balanced look at Secession. But yeah, that, that's but, what I mean. So, but, yeah, but people... You know, there's, there, there's a map for... A, go ahead.
1: The, there is a map for that transition. You trade these for these. And then you spend these. The, see, this is one of the biggest problems. that There's always been with gold people will trade dollars for gold for the privilege of owning that gold they pay a premium and then they can't spend the gold the gold's too valuable so then they um, they sell the gold for dollars and they spend the dollars again which means they just b- opted right back in most gold um, owners who who say in the fed in the fed don't realize that they're still playing the game as long as things are d- denominated in dollars this is one of my big criticisms of um of, of cryptocurrencies, most cryptocurrencies are denominated in dollar values. Oh, well, what's Bitcoin at today? What's Ethereum at today? What's it at based on dollars? No. As long as you're measuring it in dollars, the dollars still control you. They control how you spend it. They control what you think it's worth. They control your concept of a measure of value, in which case the Fed still controls it. The nice That's thing is to look at
0: that, the other... The other way with with gold, too, and you say, like, mm-hmm. it's not what is the value of the of the gold dollar? It's like, what is the value of the dollar and gold? You think about it backwards, like the like the trade, it's gold that actually has a value and the dollar mm-hmm. is changing. It's a matter with, of perspective, right? You're looking at
1: it from one side or the other.
0: The nice thing with the gold back is
1: you can opt out of the Federal Reserve System and never go back because you turn dollars into goldbacks and then you spend the gold backs you don't need the dollars anymore.
0: Yeah, just need people to switch to it.
1: Um, right. So once Which enough people should, switch,
0: then mm-hmm. we can do it. So. And so like every single
1: person who's listening to this, who's a business owner, go to goldback.com and give us your business information so that you can join the network of businesses that are using the goldback. Then people can pay you in goldbacks. Then maybe you can make your menu or your price list or your catalog. Mm-hmm. You can denominate it in goldbacks instead of denominating the the values in dollars. And there you go. You probably won't even have to change that um, change change that listing because it doesn't have inflation in the goldback. I um, uh, before I worked for the company Goldback, I managed a small law firm, um, and as managing partner, I signed my law firm up as one of the very first 10 or so businesses that accepted the goldback as a form of payment right at the very beginning of the project. In fact, uh, we hadn't even printed the other denominations yet. There was only the one and the five. There, were, there was no 10, 25, or 50 even minted yet. And I signed up my business and I said, okay, we're going to use goldbacks as, as payment. And I made a price list of all the legal services that had a flat fee and as well as my hourly rate, um, a price list in dollars and in goldbacks. But I forgot to update it. A year and a half later or so, um, uh, someone came in and said, well, I'm going to pay you in dollars. There's no way I'm going to pay you in goldbacks. You're overcharging. And if I pay you in goldbacks, I got to pay you a lot more money. I said, no. The whole point was um, when, I, when I created the list was that there was a, a 10% savings if people would pay me in goldbacks because I wanted the gold. Um, so I would worked it into my price list that it was cheaper to pay in goldbacks. And he says it was more expensive. So went back and looked at it, sure enough, the dollar had lost about seventeen percent of its value as opposed to the gold back in that one year
0: measured in dollars
1: measured as measured
0: in dollars. yeah and 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 you have to look at it. and it's because they're printing dollars, right? we mm-hmm. We talked about inflation briefly, but you know a lot of people look at inflation as the price of consumer goods, but that's not what inflation is. The price of consumer goods is a side effect of increasing the money supply. You can't do that with goldbacks very easily.
1: It's, well, right. In happen. fact, um, the only way we could doesn't really do that is bring in gold from, uh, say, an asteroid or another planet. Right now, yeah. <laughs> there's only so much gold in the world. And even if we manufactured every bit of gold in the entire world into goldbacks, it would still have a large value. It would and, not. And over thousands of years, that,
0: that, that factor made gold... Used as money, right? I mean, they use shells mm-hmm. and various stick things and like they sell on gold because of this.
1: Right. This because trade. of this. this uh, it, it's useful. It's beautiful. It's um, scarce. And so it has a bunch of properties that make it an ideal money um, for its use as money. So
0: even if the Federal Reserve chairman can't admit it, gold is money.
1: Right. He because can't it is, admit it, is the but he knows. Money. You could see it in his eyes. You know, when he asked him, "Do you think gold is money?" You could see it in his eyes. He's like, "Well, of course it is, but I can't say that out loud." Okay, no. <laughs> Not
0: On C-SPAN, <laughs> if I said that on C-SPAN, he'd lose right? his job.
1: <laughs> it was it was fair of him to um, to also say, you know, treasury Treasury notes aren't really money either. <laughs> it's like. He did say that.
0: I thought that, no, that was funny.
1: Well, and actually <laughs> so in one, in one case, here's, here's a blasphemy for you, a blasphemy even against uh, what, what, what I usually say. In some it's ways, gold is unsafe. not money. In some ways, gold is not money because it doesn't have the fungibility. It's not as useful for making regu- regular purchases and you can't make change with it. Oh. But you can with gold backs. So even if gold isn't money fully, gold backs are.
0: And it's based on gold um, because you look at it yeah. as based on gold yep. and it's not a promise. It's not a promissory note.
1: Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not just a promise for gold, for gold somewhere else in the vault. It is that too, yeah. but it's made out of the gold. It is the gold. It is the value it's in your pocket. And so when you trade a gold back, like you were saying, you know, you haven't uh, really spent them in Florida yet. When you do though, I bet that you have a different feeling when you're spending gold backs than when you're spending other currency, because you know differently, I think deep down, almost viscerally, that you're exchanging something of real value for something else of real value. And so you have to make these so you make these decisions differently. Uh, there's, a, there's a gamification of money. When, when it's all digital, when it's all just on your phone, it's just numbers, it's like a game that you're playing. But when you exchange something of real value for something else of real value, you have to be sure that that, that thing is worth it to you. right? And so you spend differently. It's a different mindset.
0: That's yeah, true. All right. So we've been going for uh, an, an hour here now, so I think we should close this down. But you want to tell people how to uh, follow
1: you and how to follow Goldbacks? Absolutely. So the, just the word Goldback, one word, um, gold and then back, G-O-L-D-B-A-C-K. If you just search that in any search bar, you're going to find a bunch of stuff. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. We've got Twitter and TikTok and all those things like that. Right. Um, and of course, Goldback.com is a great place to get info. Now, where to get actual physical gold backs into your hot little hands. First of all, you're going to want to talk to all of your local gold dealers. Most of them carry it um, online. Excuse me. <coughs> um, online, there's there's a lot of different gold sellers. All the major bullion houses pretty much in the world sell gold backs now. Um, There's even some quasi-banking-like services you can get, such as um, accounts denominated in goldbacks, as well as a preferred rate to buy goldbacks at a very, very um, advantageous rate. Um, If you become a member of the United Precious Metals Association, you can find them at upma.org, the United Precious Metals Association. Um, But there's tons of online sellers that'll send you goldbacks to anywhere in the world like Defy the Grid and Finest Known or Jam Bullion or any of these major bullion houses. There's actually a guide to getting goldbacks on our website that lists these and many other um, excellent uh, gold dealers or currency exchanges. Um, but really um, what I want you to do once you get them in your hand is don't just hold on to them. You got to spend them. You got to go out there and go to your gro- go to your local grocer, especially if it's a locally owned business, you know, some high school kid, some clerk isn't going to know what to do. But if you can talk to the owner of a business and say, hey, would you take payment in gold? Or one of my other favorite questions is, would you like that in gold or paper? It's yeah. um, easy to ask. It's easy to think about. And it, it juxtaposes it well. Gets people to think, wait, why do I want paper? Maybe I do want gold. Um, get out there and just do that. Um, keep some in your wallet. And when you do, pretty soon, more and more people will adopt it. And then maybe you can exchange it right at your grocery store.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So thanks for joining. And uh, we'll, ha- we'll have you on again. I want to get into some constitution questions. So I can think of a dozen oh, yeah. constitution questions I'd love to ask you. And maybe each one would take a half hour to go
1: through. Maybe. So here's, we'll here's, we'll here's, uh, here's a very short taster. Life, liberty, and property. Life, the, liberty,
0: and property. Life, yeah.
1: liberty, and property. If you understand that these rights are inextricably linked and that each one is specifically addressed in our founding documents, um, then you begin to understand the philosophy of the founders and why they felt that protecting these rights was essential to ordered liberty. Um, and yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And that's t- how the Constitution does
0: as a teaser for those listening, we chatted for a little while at, at Porkfest, and we very quickly got into whether owning an F-16 is covered by the Second Amendment and the, <laughs> the Constitution does not allow a standing army in any way at all. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. So that, that, that. That, that's probably the most controversial uh, uh, of, of the constitutional opinions I have, which is that, yeah, the Second Amendment makes it pretty clear that uh, the only thing that's allowed is well-regulated militias, which is a state level, not a federal level. Mm-hmm military so um so we'll leave know, that, 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 leave should
0: that a long time a, ago but <laughs> we'll leave that as a teaser i think that's an excellent civics topic for a whole episode why mm-hmm. a standing army is illegal so maybe that's what we'll call the first one we'll do that in a couple of months or so. all right All right. <laughs> thanks thanks for joining Bever- benjamin and go ahead beverly with the end credits
1: Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to unsafe space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespacecom donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our unsafe space discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there.
2: Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production may increase your carbon footprint. Please eat the bugs to offset your impact. Association with the following co conspirators will result in a fine of 150 ESG points. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. don't think about it i mean that's not your job thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance science scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the world economic forum unauthorized use is prohibited Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.